0: Get my therapy on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts. On this episode, we're speaking with Michelle Balje. She is the author of A Way Out, a memoir conquering depression and social anxiety. Joining us on the podcast by phone is Michelle Balgi out of St. Catharines, is it? Out of Georgetown. Georgetown. I am way off. Why did I think you were in St. Catharines?
1: <laughs> I went to Brock for many years.
0: Okay, that might do yeah. it. We had this yeah. problem on a previous podcast where I introduced somebody as Calgary, and I was like, is that correct? I'm having deja vu right now because... Uh, that person was in Edmonton. I was like, ooh, that's bad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, Michelle, you are the author of A Way Out, uh, and it's your memoir about uh, dealing with depression and, and social anxiety. Um, we'll get to that. Um, first, I guess, um, let's talk about – I not talk about. I, I want to know um, from, from you what uh, – What's your personal experience with uh, with depression and social anxiety? This podcast is about mental health, uh, to give you a bit of background on me. Uh, I've suffered from depression in the past. I want to. I just want to give you some context so you're comfortable with what you're speaking about. This is the subject mm-hmm. matter. So, uh, yeah, I've I've dealt with depression and uh, and yeah. So that's that's what we do here. And I wanted you to. I wanted you to share your story. I've heard you speak before. Uh, you're very eloquent. And uh, thank you. And uh, yeah and, and you know, I, I want to know about your book, but first though, let's talk about your personal experience. I guess your book's about your personal experience, so let's just start there.
1: <laughs> yeah, so first of all, thank you so much for having me, um, and so I, for social anxiety, I've had that ever since I can remember, like being a really young girl, I thought I was allergic to people, but found out that's not possible, <laughs> so it was just a fear of people, um, and that continued on for, well, it's it's still here. But uh, it got progressively worse as the years went on, um, mixed with depression. Um, When I first experienced depression, it was actually when I was like 14 years old. And when I got PMS, uh, premenstrual, oh, actually, sorry, PMS, and then it was a severe form that I had called premenstrual dysphoric disorder. I was never officially diagnosed with it, but I believe that's what I had. It was severe to the point where it had suicidal thoughts nearly every single month during PMS. And these suicidal thoughts, they weren't to the point where I believed I would hurt myself, but it was to the point where I really, really did want to. I just didn't think I would actually do anything about it. And I had intense crying spells, um, and this lasted for one to three days each month. And then when I got into grade twelve that's when I experienced a like full-on depression and my suicidal thoughts got to a much worse point where I was like just about ready to end my life and it continued on from there throughout university so in high school grade 12 I was really depressed for like about I'd say three months maybe four months and then my parents found out that I was depressed they had like asked me and they had started noticing even though I tried to hide it from them and they decided that like I should see a doctor and I agreed so I went to the doctor and he first told me to try a cognitive behavioral therapy book and to exercise and eat healthy Uh, but those didn't do enough for me so he eventually put me on some medication and that medication worked on and off like it would work for a couple months and then I would drop down again. So the medication would be raised or I would be switched on to a new medication. And I realized that like by the time the summer came around before university, I was feeling quite a bit better. And I, it was could have been a part of the medication, but it was also the fact that it was the summertime with a lot of sunlight. So I have like seasonal affective disorder, which means that during the, like, fall, winter months, I feel more depressed because there's a lack of sunlight. And when I went into university, I was really happy. But within, like, a week or maybe even less, I just started feeling extremely depressed. And it was to the point where now I was looking up on the Internet ways, the best way to kill myself, that I would be, like, I don't want successful not that that's the right word to use but to the so it would actually kill me and not leave me as like a vegetable where I would no longer have the decision to be able to hurt myself again and I almost ended up uh, taking my life but a friend made me promise that if I was ever going to do that if I ever planned something that I had to call her first so I did start to call her and then that helped me realize that people do care about me because with the depression, it really twists and alters your thoughts and the things that are not real at all, even though it feels so real that, oh, my parents don't love me. They can't care for me. Same with my friends. None of them actually care. But the thing that kept me holding on is the fact that, well, what if they cared? And then making that phone call really, really helped. Uh, and then after that point, I went on different medication and I was depressed on and off again for like a couple of years. But then my social anxiety started to get worse to the point where I couldn't attend school anymore. And I was I tried to go. I just I wasn't able to. I would freak out and I would. I would just pull myself down and say I was ugly and people didn't deserve to have to even sit near me because of how disgusting I was. And I would keep myself in the house, not for fear of leaving the house, but for the fear of the people that were outside of it. So, like, it wasn't agoraphobia, even though I thought it might be for a bit. Um, It was really just the fear of the people outside. And... I eventually had to take a year off of university and in that time off I went to CAMH, the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, and I did a social anxiety cognitive behavioral therapy program with them and that really, really helped. It was once a week for three months and by the end of it I had felt quite a bit better. Um, there's actually There was a point at the end where I did feel depressed again. The social anxiety was better, but the depression got worse. But then I switched to medication, and I think that was the one that clicked for me. And with that and the new tools of the cognitive behavioral therapy, it really, really helped my mood and anxiety and everything. And then I was ready to go back to school. And when I went back to school at September, I didn't get depressed again. There were a couple times when it would show up for like a day at the most, but not too often. And now...
0: Now, was that because it, you kind of had the tools to, to combat it with because, CBT? Or, or what?
1: Yeah, because I had the tools to um, help combat it. Because I knew how to help talk to my, myself out of it. I knew I could talk to other people. Um, I just, it was So much easier to get out of it, and since then I I've been good. Like honestly, my dog just passed away a couple days ago, and I've been crying a lot. But I understand that that's crying for a reason. Like she passed away, and then I know that it's going to get better over time. And like today, I'm able to do this. It just shows like that there's like cognitive behavioral therapy really helps with your like resilience and stuff too. And depression is when it, there's no real reason to be depressed and it lasts for like at least two weeks or longer. But in like the situation I'm in right now, I see the light. I'm not suicidal at all. But if someone um, were to ask me that to like, make sure there's nothing wrong with ever asking someone if they're suicidal or not, because it's not going to put the thought in their head. If anything, they just realize that it that that person cares for
0: them. Now, just out of curiosity, yeah. this uh, mm-hmm. the the piece about uh, your dog passing and and, and my condolences. Um, Thank I you. I, I mean, dogs are like family members, so it's just like losing a yeah, human. But, and yeah, and she
1: helped. She's nine years old, so she's been through a lot of my mental health struggles with me. She helped a lot. Did help a lot. <laughs>
0: that, that's awesome, and I, I I totally get that. I have a puppy of my own, and, and she's done a lot oh. for me as well. Um, anyway, I, I'm just curious if, uh, you know, the, the process of understanding the difference between, uh, being emotional because you're depressed and being emotional because you're sad, is that a, mm-hmm. a kind of a new realization for you? Like, did, did you kind of, that, did that kind of dawn on you as you were grieving the, the loss of your dog or have you experienced this type of thing before, like that realization that, hey, you know, I realize I'm not depressed, I'm just sad and this is normal.
1: Yeah, I think it's. Part of it is because there just there are no suicidal thoughts associated with it. I those thoughts were so common for me before, and now it's just like whoa! Why would that ever cross my mind? Like that's just not an option for me because I don't want it to be an option, and it's never going to be because I have the tools. Um, just feeling upset and depressed and down because you lost someone. I feel like it's, it just feels like a natural part of life. Um, But when you're depressed, because you were putting mustard on a sandwich, I use that example sometimes. (laughs) And that makes you almost fall on the floor crying, like, you can tell that there's a bit of a difference, and that I'm actually grieving the loss of someone. And I'm not grieving the mustard
0: that I even like on my sandwich <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you about your, your suicidality and uh, I, I, I read uh, a little bit of your book and mm-hmm. uh, and noticed that y- you referenced that you thought suicidal thoughts were normal and when, yeah. did, when did you because it sounds like you had these for a very long time before you kind of told anybody that this was an issue for you and like when did when did you realize maybe this wasn't normal?
1: Yeah, so I first had the suicidal thoughts um, during PMS at 14 and I yeah, thought they were completely normal because well i heard girls in the change room in grade 9 saying like oh my god, I just want to kill myself. I have my like I have PMS or like I'm getting my period again. And so I would think like, oh yeah, me too. And that confirmed to me well, what uh-huh. I thought confirmed to me that it was completely normal. People wanted to die
0: and kill themselves Now, it was, during well, now, PMS. <laughs> was the difference here that they were kind of speaking like... Dramatically? Dramatically, They were talking yeah. about,
1: yeah, like cramps, hurting, and them not wanting to have...
0: It's kind of like, oh, that. just kill me now type of thing, as yeah. opposed to actually meaning it.
1: Yeah, but I took it literally.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, and then, like, I still, I didn't... I agreed in my head. I never agreed out loud. Um, so they never got that chance to be like, oh, what is she talking about? Like, she seems like she actually means this. Do you, so was,
2: do you think yeah. if you had ever vocalized it that they would have noticed, though? Or or would they have thought you were just kind of uh, saying the same thing they were?
1: I'd like to think they would notice, but if I really do think about it, they probably wouldn't have noticed. And if something in them was like kind of triggered to be like, does she mean this? It would probably just instantly think like, nope, that's my imagination. Let's not talk about that because it's something that we don't talk about, which we should.
0: Really. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of it seems to me like if if they were talking uh, dramatically, how as Luke put it, and then you kind of jumped in that conversation, they would have thought that you meant the same thing they did. And then, you mm-hmm. know, kind of nothing gets solved. It's right. kind of how I f- feel like that would go. And because I feel, uh, you know, we uh, kill me now or, you know, other kind of references to like vague references to suicide are common in our society. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dramatic thing where people are just like, it's, it's a, colloquialism where it's like oh just kill me I can't take this anymore but you don't really mean it Mm -hmm. so I find that that maybe muddies the waters a little bit and kind of
1: yeah I agree
0: yeah then that makes it difficult for someone like you who Mm -hmm. actually means it and I that's I mean I don't know what we do about that this is kind of a maybe to be honest with you something that kind of bothers me is that reference to oh you know just shoot me in the head and kind of Uh, silly references like that when you don't really mean it, I find that those Mm -hmm. can be kind of harmful because as as someone who has been suicidal, um, whenever I hear somebody say that, I kind of cringe a little bit. I'm like, well,
1: there
0: there are people that actually feel like that. So do we really want to joke about it?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even like comedies and movies, they'll just do the like gun to your mouth thing with their hands. Yeah. And be like and I'm like I don't know how I feel about that but it's still so common and saying like um that someone committed suicide but they haven't committed any crime they just they're suffering from an illness and there's so many different things in society where it's like we should really be changing the way that we're seeing things and showing things but I guess it's slowly changing.
0: It is slowly changing. It's funny how I, I do still hear commit suicide as a reference um, fairly often, mm-hmm. but I do also almost as much see it not referred to in that manner. Uh, but I, for example, I was just watching, I'm, I'm binging Curb Your Enthusiasm right now, and I uh, just watched an episode, I think it was literally the the most recent episode I've watched before I came to record this today, was uh, somebody uh, attempted suicide on the show and that was like the -hmm. premise of the whole episode and they kept saying over and over again committed suicide committed suicide but whenever that was recorded whenever that was made like 12 or 15 years ago whenever it was that wasn't an issue then and it's funny to see it wasn't that long ago but even then like that wasn't that wasn't a concern Mm -hmm. so I I think that that kind of shows how we are moving quickly on this because it, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah,
1: that's a really great point. Yeah.
0: Uh, and another thing I wanted to touch on: you were talking about movies and, and stuff like that, and uh, we had Lynn Keen in here a few weeks ago. She's she's an advocate mm-hmm. and and a, and a, a prominent speaker, and uh, she was talking about um, a, a Star, star is born. born. Yeah, she was talking about that movie, and have you seen oh. it? Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. So there's... I
1: saw it once. It came out on like Blu-ray, and I wasn't. I knew that I was going to cry, but I didn't know why. I was just told it was very emotional, and I was like, oh, I'll handle it. And then throughout the film, I saw hints as to how it would end, and I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be tough.
2: So she, and then, sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh,
1: no, I was just going to is it okay if I kind of ruin the
2: film for people? It's been yeah, out long enough. Spoiler alert. It's Turn been, it off no, now. No, no, it's been out long enough. If you haven't seen yeah. it yet and you want to see it, this is your fault. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Because, so I noticed early on that there were, like, nooses outside of the building. And I was like, oh, that, that kind of makes me think that something's going to happen later where someone will kill themselves. And then he, the main character, I don't even remember his name, to be honest, I should. Jackson, maybe? Yes. Or am I making that up? I okay. so. No, I think you're right. <laughs> I
2: think that was his name, yeah. Mm. Bradley Cooper. <laughs> you can just call him Bradley Cooper. Yeah. For the-
1: Bradley Cooper, yes. <laughs> so he had talked about him, like, having tried it, like in the past but not working out and then I was like okay I know for sure this is going to happen and I tried to prepare myself for it I don't really know how you can in a movie I know it's not real but they sure made the emotions I was feeling uh real and I was I was just it was it was tough I cried a loud cried, because I was like that's one of the ways I was thinking of doing that to myself like countless times, um, in addition to other ways. And it's like, I'm so, so glad I'm still here. Uh, and there's also one point afterwards when uh, Lady Gaga was being consoled, I think it was by her father. And he said, It's no one's fault but his. But it's no one's fault, period. Um, it's an illness. It's not, you can't blame the person who like lost their life to suicide because they lost their life to suicide they didn't commit
0: anything and, and even um, then it, it, if if you want to blame one person i think that's and to blame themselves i think that's inaccurate because i think that there's loved one you know i oh, if, yeah, if no i would ever have like somebody if i if somebody that i love did that i would reflect on myself and say what more could i have done and feel like i was partly Absolutely. to blame you know what i mean I so would it's not all on them i
1: completely think that but then I know that if I was, if it was someone that I knew, like, I don't know how to explain it properly, but I would absolutely feel guilty And what could I have possibly done. But you know that there isn't anything they could have done. Maybe they could have sought help earlier, but did they even see the signs at all? Like, There's always the what if, um, but what we can change is like, helping fewer people and maybe possibly even eliminating suicide in the future by encouraging others to seek help. So if you feel like maybe I could have done more, well, it's it's already happened, but you can absolutely find ways to help other people. Um, so, if maybe that helps. I don't know if that's the right thing to say or not.
2: <laughs> I don't think there's any harm in it. No, I, don't, I would agree. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious then what was your feeling on how the movie depicted uh what happened because uh, when we had Lynn in she was strongly against depicting it at all in in the movie or in any movie so I'm curious what what mm-hmm. you think of of the of how they showed it or whether they should have shown anything at all
1: I personally believe that that's just not part of it's a fact that it happens and so it makes sense to me to depict it in movies they hid the actual scene itself they just kept the garage door closed and the dog
0: was, being like, was his oh, shadow we're.
1: not you, there
2: you could see a little bit through the garage yeah. door window it wasn't like
1: oh i did not know yeah My, most, know most people what? don't My catch eyes that so blurry that's probably why I didn't <laughs> So it's
2: it's not like it's anything grotesque or anything mm-hmm. uh, gory. No, it wasn't in your face. No, it's it's a very it, it's subtle is the if that's a good way yeah, to put it.
1: I I completely missed it, but yeah, like I said my eyes were very blurry from the tears. Um I just I feel like it's okay to me personally to depict things like that in movies. If you go about it in the right way after. And there was that one line in the movie I was Mm -hmm. not okay with that. I already mentioned the saying It was his fault. That's where I was like, Oh, they could have handled that a lot better. Like people, did anyone think maybe that's not the right thing to do
0: (laughs) to have that? That's a, that's a really strong point. I feel like there could have been a conversation had in the movie there that Absolutely. An opportunity to to you know create awareness around that that is not his fault. Um,
1: yeah, that's it, what I was hoping they would do, and then meanwhile they're just like, nope, it's his. Don't don't worry, you couldn't. Like, yeah, it was inter- in- no. interesting
2: too because the the movie seems to imply that you know he has his his personal demons that he's dealing with, and then the conversation with her manager, I think that's that what it is, is it like pushes him. Uh, uh, into a bad place, and then that's what result right. results use her out of manager. it, wow. right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and they don't even address that afterwards. Like, right. I found that very interesting. You're right. I'd, I'd honestly, I'd forgotten about the line uh, that that you mentioned, and so it's interesting that they use that line that it's nobody's fault but his own, and and don't really address the fact that uh, the they heavily imply that the man her manager uh, puts him into a dark place where that ends up happening. Right. Hm.
1: Yeah. Like I hate to even like if that were a real life situation, I would hate to even say that any fault is on the manager because there's like sure. a bunch of different things accumulated over time. Um but it yeah, I I really would have liked it if they had talked about that as well
0: afterwards. And I think you make a really strong point because uh Lynn's stance when we spoke to her about this was that um she was uncomfortable with with how it was done, and mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was. I asked her, "Well, is there a, is there an is there an appropriate way to to convey that, to show it?" And she didn't know. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I kind of put her on the spot with that, and she didn't know. But I think you raise a very good point that um, it happens. It's a reality. This happens in yeah. life, and you know why why should we shy away from it and i think that if it does anything for us it creates conversations on the car ride home about about mental health awareness and about suicide i'm sure there were conversations yeah. among families and friends that went to see that movie that talked about how heavy that scene was and that you know these mm-hmm. things are difficult to deal with and i think that that's a really interesting point that you made that uh that you know what happens and i, I think that maybe there's an opportunity there to create some awareness around that.
1: Yeah, totally. And, like, I know there's other things like 13 Reasons Why, which I I haven't watched any of it, but I know that that was very controversial as to whether it's helping or hurting things. And I just, I personally will never watch it because I don't know how it's going to make me feel. But that alone is kind of saying something that, like, maybe it, could trigger people if they're putting it in so much detail. I'm sorry, which, um, movie, which which
0: were you talking about? Yeah, it's
2: a TV show. Thirteen Reasons Why.
0: Oh, I did watch that, and I I wasn't nearly as uh, offended by it as a lot of people have expressed. I thought that it also created some conversations.
2: Interesting. Okay, that's how I felt about I it.
1: Yeah, well, I bring it up and then I haven't watched it.
2: So. <laughs> right, and and I haven't I haven't seen it either. But my wife has, and and I, I mean, I won't watch it because it's not really my style of 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 thing to yeah. be completely honest. But I, my issue with it when it first came out, when I was reading reviews, seemed to be that it, like, people were concerned that it glorified
0: glorified suicide. Yeah.
2: And and from what I understand, it's not like. It doesn't overtly do that. It but, is a fair
0: amount more graphic.
2: Well, yeah, I believe that. But to me, the the glorifying was never in, like, making it cool. It was the premise is that this this girl dies by suicide, and then mm-hmm. she uh, starts, like, some things start getting released about why. Essentially, like, that's the 13 like a, reasons it's why. It's
0: basically, like, 13 tapes. Essentially, you're, like, your suicide note
2: like, explaining... Right.
0: Well, you know um, what they did what these people did to her and then how she's going to release all these tapes to the world
2: and and I think my issue with that was always that that's it's got a revenge fantasy element to it yeah and yeah. that 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 is what glorifies it is that the you know it to people who are who are being hurt and downtrodden and and bullied mm-hmm. that they may be in this place that they watch something like this and think well if i just do this i can get back at all these people and it may not glorify it quite to the extent that i'm talking about because again i haven't seen it but mm-hmm. it that that was always the concern to me, not that it was overtly going to make her seem like some sort of sort of angel. Well,
0: some for someone who hasn't seen it, you actually uh, articulate that in a in a in a strong way that I I hadn't really thought about the revenge plot and you no, know, yeah. that's obviously a big part of the story, and uh, yeah, I can see your point. Uh, I but again, I go back to same as a Star is Born that. It, it creates a conversation around mental health.
2: And it certainly did that. Yeah. Like we, we, you can't discount that it, it did, it did have yeah. people talking. Yeah. And there's at least value in that. I, however, I hated the second season. I watched like one episode. I was like, this is trash. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you base something on a book and there's yeah. only one book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I gave up on it after the fir- first episode of the second season. Um, anyway, a bit of a tangent. Uh, I, I like these though. I like, I like diverging a little bit sometimes. Uh, Anyway, let's get back to you, uh, Michelle. Uh, sure. I was curious to know. Um, you talked about um, how you were able to manage symptoms of depression now through what you've learned in cognitive behavioral therapy. Can you mm-hmm. kind of give us a glimpse into your thought process and how you uh, kind of how you work through that when 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 symptoms uh, come up?
1: Yeah. So for months, I had written out a thought record. So it would have like a scenario that made me anxious or depressed, and then I would say like how that specifically made me feel, how depressed it made me feel, like out of a percent out of a hundred, how anxious it made me feel, how like stupid it made me feel, um, and then I would give reasons why that situation, like my feelings in it, were either. true or false. So I would write down all the reasons that it was true that um, as an example waiting in line at the store and feeling really hot and nervous and oh my god everyone can see me sweating, I'm disgusting and this is embarrassing. So I can write all the reasons why it's true, all the reasons why it's not true and then I give a new balanced thought And it doesn't necessarily mean, like, completely positive, but something that's much more realistic. Like, people may see that I'm sweating, but it doesn't mean anything. And, like, most people are busy worrying about themselves or looking at the new things that they just, they're purchasing in line. And so I did these thought records written out for, like, a long, long time, multiple ones every day. And to the point where they had told me it would be like this, and it is still like it, where I can now do them in my head. So when I go through different situations, I give myself reasons why a thing is true, excuse me, sorry, and why a situation is false. And then I give myself a more balanced thought. And then that really helps me see that, like, hey, I'm not disgusting or stupid or failure. It's true, though, that I am, like, awesome and normal and <laughs> <laughs> smart. <laughs> and, just yeah, doing those thought records uh, by hand first um, was great, and then now that I can do them in my head, I can do them really, really quickly. And hmm. that's a super, super helpful thing.
0: For me, it fascinates me how having been through CBT, and, and understanding the principles, um, it fascinates me how your mind can contort things when you're really depressed, oh, and how oh, yeah. something that is absolutely nothing, you'll make a mountain out of a molehill constantly. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of being conscious of it and aware of it now. I still have frequent thoughts of, of you know, self-worth issues, self-doubt, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing every little thing that happens to me, I put it on myself and then I kind of sit back after, you know, you know, kind of festering for a bit and I reflect and I'm like, why, why, why does my mind go there? And why? And because the crazy thing is after a bit, you realize that you know the difference and, Mm -hmm. but you you kind of still go there and it's, 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 it's a, it's a fascinating thing to me.
1: Yeah. Cause like we have these root thoughts, these core beliefs Mm -hmm. that, like at the beginning of the CBT program, my absolute core belief that I could think of was I'm a failure. And now my core belief is I don't, is it rude to just? Say my core belief now is I'm successful and I'm doing the best
0: that I can. I think that's um, a that's, that's a, a good d- thing to say. That, I think that <laughs> highlights uh, your your previous core belief that you're a failure. That you want to say that I'm successful and you think it's rude. I think that's that's a perfect example of <laughs> of somebody who has uh, you know dealt with with uh, some self doubt in the past. That you still you're uncomfortable saying you're a success. It's perfectly fine to be clear. Okay, <laughs>
1: thank you. <laughs>
0: Um How did you come to get help? What changed?
1: Uh so what changed for me for the depression? It was I it's hard to remember exactly what happened. I don't even know if I wrote it clearly in the book or not. Um but like my parents just found out I I think they just started noticing my symptoms. Uh and it was going to the doctor that, like, sparked the change because now I had someone that was following through with how I was doing. Um, and for the social anxiety, I just couldn't go to class anymore, and that so that was something I had to go to see a doctor for as well because, well, once I was able to, like, get
0: out of the house.
1: And... Yeah, I'm not sure
0: where I was going with that. <laughs> uh, well, I uh, I'm jumping around a little bit here. I want to go back to the uh, to you know you working through CBT and feeling pretty good these mm-hmm. days. How long has that been for you that you're you're kind of managing things and and you're starting to feel better about yourself?
1: I think four years. Wow. I believe uh, because I went through the four years of university, and then I took a year off, and then I did another. Three years of university and then a year of college, and now so maybe four and a half years or something. Yeah, it's it's been a while, and like every year I notice more growth in myself. I'm like, wait, I was doing better back then, but I still thought this, and I'm like, Mm-mm-mm. I'm <laughs> much happier that I'm thinking this way, and I still see lots of room for improvement. Like I have issues with like self-worth sometimes I think everyone does I don't know if it's possible to not um feel that or feel shame for something and I'm continually working on myself and one of the things that actually helps me work on myself is like my boyfriend um he loves like Brene Brown and like Deepak Chopra and stuff and he's very much about improving yourself to be the best you you can be and completely loving yourself and not feeling shame. Like guilt is healthy, shame is unhealthy, um, and all of this stuff. So he really encourages me to like look at those things.
0: Do you ever take stock of four and a half years that you've been feeling better and you know working through things and making you know not getting back to where you were? Do you ever kind of just sit back and think about that? The, that's a, that's outstanding. That's a that's a big chunk of time to, to be kind yeah. of recovering from this.
1: Yeah, sometimes I do think back on that. Like I go to the summer when I was ready to re enter school after that year off. I was it was the beginning of the summer. I was feeling better for like I guess it was a few weeks or a month. And there were only two months left until school started. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go back. (laughs) And within a week, I signed a one year lease for a house um, to rent with like five, four or five other strangers. Hmm. And I was like, who is this? (laughs) I wouldn't have been able to do this before. Like once I got there, it was really difficult talking to them and I didn't. I tried talking to the other girls at first. It was difficult, but I also was able to talk to people at school and in classes. It was like a struggle, but it continues to, yeah, get better. And I started like speaking at events. Um, I joined like Active Minds, a mental health club at school, and then was really active in that, eventually became the vice president, then the president. And I just continued to do things that surprised me. But a lot of what we did in that CBT course with CAMH was, excuse me, I'm so sorry, uh, was uh, exposure. So we had to expose ourselves to scary situations, and then that would also, like, prompt us to do the thought records. Uh, so exposing yourself into scary situations, starting from something that's not too scary, working your way up, I just continually do that. And even nowadays, I still continually push myself. Um, like, I accepted to go speak at an event on Friday uh, in St. Catherine's at Brock, actually. And I'm scared as heck to do that, <laughs> but I'm going to push myself and go. I have done it in the past um, at other places, and I know it's gone all right, but that doesn't make me any less scared. Um, and I push myself to go out, even just to the store still. It's a lot easier, but I know if I stop doing it, I'm going to get nervous again. So I make sure that I keep putting myself in these situations that pushes me past my comfort zone even if it's something very tiny and then i continually try to make it greater and just pushing myself past my comfort zone is really really important in helping that social anxiety and and the depression as well because it makes me feel accomplished
0: i want to ask you a little bit more in a minute about your speaking engagements and the book itself um mm-hmm. before we do uh i'm just wondering when you were kind of going through the worst of it and you were suicidal and, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of Googling and making plans and that sort of thing, the one, the choice, you know, to keep pushing through and, uh, you know, just getting to the point of recovery, what was it that you think got you, like kept you as hopeless as you were to be a little bit hopeful and to keep trying? What do you think allowed you to do that?
1: it was that my family loved me and cared for me like above all else, like making that phone call to my friend, it helped me realize that she cares about me. And then that triggered the, Oh my God, my family might still care about me. And if there was like even a sliver of a chance that they could possibly be upset with me taking my own life, like I I was like, I can't do that to them. And so it was, that little little bit of like reality like realistic thinking that was left in my mind um as opposed to all the other like twisted unrealistic thoughts I had it was that little bit of reality that like I still had that was like they might care about me they might love me they might be sad or what if they hurt themselves or something I was just like I I can't let them be upset over this or feel depressed themselves so that's what made me be like I I no matter how much I loathe and hate myself I can't do this to them because they might care about me and then after like once you start to feel better and even like soon after just making that call it's like oh my god, they do, like, I'm so glad I didn't do that, but not everyone has those rational thoughts left. The irrational thoughts can completely take over, and then you're not thinking about how it will affect other people, because it's just, it's the illness taking over, and it doesn't mean you're selfish or anything, it's just the fact that the illness got to you, and the illness got to me almost completely, but not totally, and I had that little bit of rational thought left in my mind which I'm so 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 thankful for Um, and I know not everyone has a helpful supportive family like I do but there's loads of people have friends that are like family to them um, or other people out there that have supported them or even like an online community I don't know if that's the best option or not um, because I know that some people can be really hurtful online but if you're in the right place, seeking the right help, um, just having anyone that cares for you and wants you to like keep going on, that's what will keep you going, knowing that someone else wants you to be here. Because we all want to be like loved and accepted, and we don't want to be rejected or hated or seen as a failure. We want people to just love us for who we are, despite all their flaws, despite us feeling like we're completely worthless or useless or just nothing that there are people that really do believe that we have worth and maybe we don't see it yet but you will come to a point where you do see it and you as in like other people yeah
0: yeah what you said there about rational thought i i actually remember you uh touching on that the one time that i saw you speak i think it was it was a uh, an event put on by Brian Hansel and uh, Stan Kucher yeah. was supposed to be the kind of the keynote and then uh, he was ill or something and couldn't make it and I think I don't know if you were on the bill originally or they called in called you in to fill in I can't remember but the, I think that was the event Do you remember doing that? Yeah.
1: Yes, I okay. was going to be like one of the opening speakers. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. So uh, yeah, I remember you saying that and that really spoke to me. I was like, that's that's really interesting that because I feel like that's I can relate to that that that's uh that you just you're in the dumpster all the time and and uh everything you think is irrational but then there's just that little mm-hmm. piece it's almost like survival mode that yeah as much as I don't want to go through this I should probably just try a little harder mm-hmm. seems to be the case sometimes interesting um yeah Additionally, what's, uh, I'm just wondering, you, you've been kind of feeling good for four and a half years and in managing, what's, what's, your, what's your treatment process and what do you do for self-care?
1: So I um, am on like medication. I haven't changed my medication, I don't think at all, in the last four and a half years. Um, so since I know that that study, like that's good with me, so I'm just going to, keep Keep it where it's at. I was thinking at one point I might want to try decreasing it um, so I don't have to rely on medication, except, like, I think my boyfriend said, like, if it ain't broke, like, or don't fix it, or Mm. whatever that saying is. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, So I'm just going to stick with where I'm at for there, for that. And then there's always the cognitive behavioral therapy working in the back of my mind changing those, like, negative thoughts to more positive, healthy ones, and I just don't have those beliefs anymore that I'm, like, worthless or a failure or nothing. Like, ew, I don't want to think that way. (laughs) Um, I just have much more healthy thoughts, and I do my best to get enough sunlight, like, keeping the blinds open, and, like, at school for the first four years, I was living in a basement apartment, And I only had sunlight coming into my room for a few hours a day, and I also kept my blinds closed. So now I'm always doing my best to get enough sunlight, and I know that, like, the next place that I live in, I'm, like, I'm just never going to live in a basement apartment again because I don't know how, if that will make me depressed again or not. So I just know I have to have that sunlight, and then people... Like other people, if you don't have enough, you can add like vitamin D and things. Um, and I used to have, uh, what's it called? The like sad satellite um, that mimicked the sun. I had that for a while. I don't know if it helped or not, uh, but I haven't used it in quite some time, but it, it certainly doesn't harm you at all. Uh, and lately I've been doing my best to like eat healthier. And I know that that, it can also make a difference on your mood. I was Lately, the last couple years, I've been eating poorly because I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm fine now mentally. It doesn't matter. But I'm like, you know, if I don't want things to return, I it's best that I eat healthy and I need to start exercising. I should take my own advice. Exercising is really helpful too because it gets those like endorphins running. Um, and so, a lot of it is like. Um, medication that does help me but it's not something I solely rely on Um, I also make sure that I always get enough sleep if I don't have enough sleep I just don't function well and then I'm in a bad mood and I just know that I need to get enough sleep to be happy I do like self-care I if I'm feeling too like stressed out I'm like okay I know I need to calm down I need to relax do something that makes me happy or, like, take my mind off of something, or if I need to just focus on what's making me sad and just let it be, and then let it pass. Um, And also, like, meditation can be helpful, too. Like, I haven't been doing full-on meditation, but I'll, like, listen to some people on YouTube that give, like, soothing, comforting, positive thoughts, and then I'll, like, fall asleep to that, and it just makes me feel very relaxed. Um, and so there isn't really one thing that I'm doing. It's like a bunch of little things, um, to help me stay with how I am. And I'm also doing my best to, um, not that I'm really successful at it, but keep in contact with people, um, like friends, um, and stuff, because I know that they're super, um, it's super important to have that extra support. And I'm always close with my family, uh, which is really good too.
0: Well, it's no wonder you got to button down. you got a, you got a ton of stuff in your, in your arsenal to kind of tackle things. When yeah. But <laughs> if, if it goes south, that's awesome. Uh, one thing that really stood out to me in what you said is something that I, I, I preached for a, for a while uh, was uh, just when you're feeling like shit, just do something that makes you feel happy or that, would, or that normally yeah. would. Because like, I find when I'm at my worst, I just, it's almost like I want to punish myself. Like I just want to sit I just oh want to sit here and feel <laughs> awful when, you know, maybe like for me it's you know, maybe I'll just watch a show that I like or flip on mm-hmm. uh, a video game that I can kind of zone out on and that just takes my mind away from the negativity for a bit and that can be so helpful. Just do something that would normally make you happy, even if it's not going to when you do it now. Just try it.
1: Yeah. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. Okay, so your your speaking engagements and your book. Uh, how frequently are, are you speaking? Uh, I know that you did the thing at the Brian Hansel event that I mentioned, and uh, you t- you mentioned you have another one coming up soon. How frequently do you speak, and how and how's that going?
1: I would. I guess I would say like a few times a year. I spoke two or three times last year, if I'm remembering correctly. And, like, this year, I've just spoken, like, once so far. And then I have something coming up this week. Uh, And it's going really well. I'm equally scared every single time. But I'm also, I know that every time it's gone at at least all right. I don't know for sure if it goes well. They tell me it goes well. So I have to, like, believe that what people are telling me is true. (laughs) Uh, And... So the speaking, just sharing my story for about, like, 10 minutes, it's also helpful for myself to continue to realize how far I've come. Um, And I love being able to share with people my story to hopefully help them in return, whether it helps them, like, see that they can seek help for themselves or if they notice signs and, like, possible symptoms in a loved one or they'd want to just spark that conversation with someone that they know. Um, I really want it to just increase the conversation around mental health and hopefully get someone to seek help because I didn't seek help right away. Um, I waited and it can be a lot better if if you seek help sooner than later. I also know that we have a problem in our society with not enough like care and long waiting times and all of that, but there's always people that you can talk to, even if it's not a professional, if you just have someone that's there to listen to you, um, that can be super, super helpful
0: and uh, about your book uh, what what can you tell us about that that maybe you haven't touched on already?
1: Oh, yeah, so um the book has been doing pretty well i've sold like over a thousand copies including ebooks um well which was like i've had them on sale for like 99 cents a couple times that's a lot of the sales um don't
0: minimize it that's fine a thousand books is a lot uh
1: so yeah the book has been i've been getting really good feedback i was nervous at first that there might be someone saying like oh this made me feel more depressed or something but there's a reason why I put a like a content warning at the beginning of the book so I was like if you're feeling like you're in a really dark place and like this might not be helpful for you like you should seek help and read this at like a later time I wanted to make sure I had that warning in there for people just in case so they know they're in the right mindset um probably a
0: good rule of thumb is if it's making you more depressed stop reading it like yeah you <laughs> force yourself through it if it makes you feel awful yeah right anyway
1: yeah so for the book I just I've been like selling it at I've done a couple signings at bookstores um I'll also sell them sometimes at like events that I'm speaking at and I just i the positive feedback means so much to me when I get like an email from someone or someone talking to me after I give a and then just saying how much like my book has helped them or helped someone they love or just made them feel like they're less alone. Um, it means so, so much to me. Um, and I wanted to note that like in the book at the end of it, I have um, some tips um, for like what helped me for social anxiety and depression Um, And then there's also, like, some resources at the back of the book. I wanted to be sure that if you're feeling not so good, or even if you are feeling great um, after reading it, uh, that there's different things you can do to, like, help yourself or continue to maintain how you're feeling better. And there's resources out there for you to be able to seek help.
0: There was one thing that really stood out to me that I wanted to ask you about, and that Mm -hmm that uh, you talked about using music to take you back to uh points in your in 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 your writing and i guess uh, also music to bring you out of depressed times um can you speak to that a little bit like what can you just i guess uh expand on what you mean by that
1: yeah uh so for writing the book i've listened to music where When I was depressed, there were certain songs I would replay over and over and over again. Like, specifically songs by, like, Linkin Park would be um, a lot of them. And I just would listen to them and cry for hours and hours and hours until my, like, head hurt too much and I had no more tears left. And, like, those were some of the worst points in time. But I listened to the music to kind of feel a connection to somebody else that might be feeling the same way that I felt and even though it kind of made me feel worse to listen to that music it like I said it also made me feel not as alone um so when I was writing the book I would listen to the song that I would like most play on repeat in the past and just putting those songs on brought back memories of how I was feeling and like with the music that just made me like type so quickly, I had hmm. so many thoughts, so many negative thoughts in my head that I didn't realize could still possibly form in my mind, um, that for the thoughts that I had during that time of being depressed. Uh, and I would also listen to music when I was writing uplifting parts of the book because I wanted to write like happy, encouraging music. And that just made me feel, get in that super happy mood again. I'm like, well, kind of my regular mood and then that would get me to write encouraging stuff. Um and it was amazing how listening to that deep, like dark, depressing music could bring me back to those negative thoughts. But when I'm on the song, it's just like those thoughts disappear and I'm like, Whoa, how the heck did that happen? But then it's like, Let's do it again so I can write a bit more. Um And so that's how that worked for the writing. And also for like the meditation that I would do sometimes, I haven't uh, done it in a bit, but I really should because I absolutely love it is like, I'll use headphones, like a good quality headphone. So it has like a fair like sound stage. So you can like hear instruments kind of close to you and far away from you. And you can have like the different instruments, hear them separated. Uh, And then, I listen to, like, instrumental songs, mostly. And, like, I think, what is it called? Like, post-rock or something? Like, there's a group called Lights in Motion, I believe. I love their music. Hmm. It's amazing to listen to. And you just put all your focus on the music, on all of the instruments, and you can, like, count how many different instruments there are. See if you can name them. See if you hear... Certain things on the left side that you don't hear on the right side, and how far away this is and how close that is. It's you just immerse yourself completely in the music and you manage to forget about everything else. Like I find that hard with trying to do like traditional meditations. I'm like, oh, I'm still thinking of things. And they tell you it's okay, just let the pass the thoughts pass through. And I'm like, they're not passing through. They're just staying there. Hmm. So when I listen to the music i the thoughts just disappear for me, yeah, so I really, really like doing that
0: now using the really music to get back to it now using the music to uh to write and and taking you back to to dark places is that something that you knew was gonna happen, or did you just kind of happen upon it
1: i <laughs> I was trying to write the dark points in my in my book, and I was like, I don't remember all of my thoughts. And I was like, this doesn't feel very genuine because I'm writing it, but I'm not, I don't feel this way right now. And so I thought, yeah, how could I possibly feel even like a semblance of what I felt before? And then I'm like, oh my God, I listen to like sad music all the time. So I put on one of those songs like by Linkin Park and I put it on repeat and then having that on repeat, I just like closed my eyes and started crying and I'm like oh here it is hmm. and then I just started writing it all out and that's what helped me realize like okay this will help me go back to this place when I need to it will help me go to a higher place when I need to and like a medium place when I need to be there
0: that's really interesting yeah. I, I'm, I I, want to add to that that uh, another podcaster that we know his name is Jamie Dude has a podcast called A Show of Strength uh, he does a a periodical uh episode on uh, music it calls it songs of strength and uh mm. he gets his guests to pick like six of their favorite songs you listen to them and you dissect them and kind of talk about the emotions that they bring up it's uh it's a, it's a fascinating listen i would recommend check, checking it out and i think that you'd be a fascinating yeah. guest to join him on that because that's uh that's uh, it's very relevant to the to the subject matter
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh anyway the the name of the book is uh, A Way Out, a memoir of conquering depression and social anxiety. Uh, Michelle, where can people find it?
1: Uh, The book is available online at, like, every place that you would expect to find it, Uh, like Amazon, like .com, .ca, all of those. It's also on indigo.ca, and there's, like, Barnes & Noble and um, the Kobo, um. dot com or. dot ca, it's really any everywhere online, just not in the physical bookstores, okay. unless I'm doing a book signing. But yeah, Amazon, it's it's there. Indigo, it's there. Those would be the main places I would think. Uh, you people would be looking.
0: Nice. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to cover before we wrap up?
1: Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't think so. But. Uh, If anyone is, like, listening to this and struggling themselves, I've already said it, but please try your best to seek help. Even if, like, you have social anxiety and you're afraid to talk to people, Um, like, seeking help can be even more difficult. But it's just, it's the best thing you can do. Or tell someone that's close to you that you're comfortable talking to, like, if it's a parent or a close friend or Anybody, anybody you believe would listen to you um, and be a uh, supportive ear to hear you, shoulder to cry on, um, just and know that people do care about you and love you, even if it feels like you're nothing. You're not nothing. You're never ever worthless. We're all worth it, um, and. Like, we're all worthy of love and belonging. I think that's... Is that a quote from my book or Brene Brown's book? I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yes, we are, like, all worthy, all worth it. And there's always, like, possibility for, like... There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. It might seem like it's completely dark, but you'll find, like, that place. It'll be good. (laughs) It can just be a long, long road, but it's a worth it road. Yeah,
0: that's well said. I couldn't put that better myself. Uh, how can people? Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, no worries. Uh, how can people get in touch with you? And uh, do you want to throw out your social media?
1: Yeah. So, oh god, I forget exactly what my social media handle. Something with my name, Michelle Balje. <laughs> but no one. I don't know if there's anyone else in the world other than my close family that has the last name Balje. B A L G E. So if you just search that on Facebook or Twitter on Instagram, I'll pop up.
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, just for reference, on Twitter, you are at Michelle Balje. And I'll mention off the top that I butchered the pre- pronunciation of that last name. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. Don't worry. Every Pretty much every person I've ever come across in my whole life has said it wrong.
2: You see, this is why we should <laughs> least, be asking. At like, least
1: the first few times. So, yeah, yeah no
0: worries No, I, I thought I had it down, but I, I'm, I was way <laughs> off. Uh, anyway, uh, Michelle, this has been a pleasure. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, I love what Thank you're doing.
1: You. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You have such a powerful voice. Keep, uh, and I, I, only wish uh, good things for you to come. So uh, thanks for taking the Thank time. You. So that was a pretty, uh, that was a pretty wide ranging
2: interview, and she's a fascinating uh, story. Are we allowed to just keep saying that if every single interview is wide ranging? Like, should we should that's we come off of... the back of every single one and be like, "Wow, that was wide ranging"? Feels like they all are at this point. Oh, I guess I should get a thesaurus. <laughs> we need we need different Definitely. words to describe it. That wasn't really what I was getting at. More that, yeah. you know, that's just kind of our thing now.
0: Yeah. Well, I like to like I just I like diving into those uh, those random tangents once in a while. We went on for a bit about the uh, but Hollywood, the uh, Hollywood, and uh, no, I think that I I don't know I. Some I'm kind of thinking as we're going through it, like, you know, are we are we an authority on this subject? And I think I think we are because I think anybody is because it, you know, it affects mm-hmm. everybody in one way or another. So. Yeah, which is
2: yeah. which is, you know, why when when we had Lynn Keen on and we talked about this this whole thing, I, it's interesting to get uh numerous perspectives on the thing. I don't mm. want it to come across like we're criticizing Lynn at all throughout this. Because no. we're not. We're just no. using that as a jumping off point because we had talked about a star is born. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. No, I never meant to come off like that at all.
2: Uh and and she uh has very strong opinions on the movie and so uh being that it is a massive movie that is in the pop culture conversation if not necessarily everybody's seen it. You know, it's it's interesting to get multiple people's opinions on mm-hmm.
0: this. Yeah, I'm so glad that uh Michelle also entertained us with uh actually going on with that conversation <laughs> rather than just letting us talk so yeah anyway um yeah she's got a fascinating story and yeah, uh, very eloquent like I said that off the top but uh, I listened I've heard her speak in person before and then to to hear her on the podcast just reinforced everything I already thought and probably um you know made it made even more of a case for you know her being such a great speaker because she yeah she's got you know, she's just so, like, there's no, some people kind of ramble. I'm probably guilty of that. A little bit. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, anyway, she. Uh, she's kind of, her words are powerful when she speaks, and there's kind of nothing wasted.
2: Yeah, I think uh, you should also go to her social media and tell her that, because I think uh, that, like a lot of people who are just, uh, you know, I was going to say who are eloquent. I was just going to say a lot of people uh just kind of you know need a little bit of that self confidence boost cuz mm, she's great a... and uh and before we before we even started the interview you know she was worried about uh about what would happen if she didn't couldn't come up, come up with an answer to a question or mm. or how we would handle that and uh guess what it didn't really come up that, no, that was an issue sailing. no it's so just natural. because she is very eloquent well spoken mm-hmm. and uh, we would have her on again in a heartbeat
0: for sure uh yeah. Thanks again to Michelle, and uh, yeah, love it. Love putting out good content like this. So let's wrap up. Uh, get us on social media. I'm at uh, jdickie on Twitter, and get send me a message on Facebook Messenger.
2: I'm at the Elvermeer, T H E L V E R M E E R on Twitter.
0: Like, rate, subscribe, review, share this podcast. I think that's everything i say that's
2: pretty much everything
0: okay yeah like i said uh, apple podcast google Podcasts, spotify and then a bunch of random ones uh you can get it pretty where pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. so anyway if you're not subscribed by now i don't know what to tell you uh
2: yeah yeah why are you listening to us if you're not subscribed to us that yeah. just seems like a silly so i'm
0: looking at the analytics and i see that like a lot of people listen to the link and I'm like, stop listening to the link. Listen,
2: Subscribe to it. Listen, you get, You got to be on Twitter then. You got to be paying attention. You know what's so much easier? When I take my podcast app and I hit refresh and it's like, hey, you have a bunch of new episodes. That's so much easier. Yeah.
0: Anyway, just fooling around. Uh, thanks for listening.
2: And uh, we'll talk to you soon.